Welcome to Let's Talk Sales. This is the podcast for anyone interested in growing sales. Today's episode of Let's Talk Sales is brought to you by our ebook, The Ultimate Guide to Setting and Achieving Sales Goals. Be sure to download a copy today. You can find it in the notes for today's show at criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod three six six. This is Elizabeth Frederick, and I am so excited to be back in the new year, and I am even more excited to speak with today's guest. She's actually a returning guest to the podcast, but she was last on the show all the way back in 2018 on episode 87, and um, note for shorter-term listeners, I wasn't even hosting the show at that time, so I've actually never spoken to her on the podcast. She is the founder and creator of Transformational Strategies for Success an online self-development coaching program that's designed to help you understand who you are, what you want, and how to get there, as well as how to remove the roadblocks that are keeping you from achieving all you desire. She's the author of The Fearless Factor and The Fearless Factor at Work. She's a keynote speaker, trusted advisor, and leadership coach, and she's based in the beautiful Bay Area. Welcome back to the show, Jacqueline Wales. Well, it's great to be here, Elizabeth. Thank you for having me. I'm just so glad that you could join me, Jacqueline. Before we jump into the bulk of our conversation, could you introduce yourself to our listeners who might not have heard you before? Uh, Sure. Uh, As Elizabeth mentioned, I am an author of three books at this point in time, two being The Fearless Factor and The Fearless Factor at Work, and a novel called When the Crow Sings, uh, which is a story of of family dynamics. And that's a whole other subject for another (laughs) podcast. Um, But I've been in my career now as an executive coach for about 17 years. And I am passionate about helping women specifically to take full ownership and authority in the roles that they inhabit and Mm -hmm. really, you know, rise up through the ranks because we need more women in leadership, by the way, and uh, we need to step it all up. So that's really my main focus, working with highly accomplished women. And I I have really enjoyed the, the journeys that I've taken with many of my clients over the years. And of course, now I have the Transformational Strategies for Success program, which I wrote and, and created, and uh, people are getting amazing results from using it. So overall, I'm all about changing the world one person at a time <laughs> and uh, helping, helping women specifically. Let's step it up, girls. Let's make it happen. Oh, that is wonderful. And I love um, just even that you developed the program, which helps it not be just one woman at a time, right? One person at a time, but you're really uh, improving that um, efficiency of scale and making more significant impact, um, as well as the the personal work that you're able to do with, with the clients that you're actually speaking to. So that's a great balance. Thank you. All right. Well, we're talking. This is the first episode of 2023. Hard to believe how quickly time flies. Um, And at this time of year, most of us are thinking about maybe setting goals, setting resolutions, all kinds of different words that people use to describe the similar process. And we do that both personally and professionally. Um, It can be really loosey-goosey. Sometimes we see, you know, people just kind of scrawl something on a note card and shove it in the corner of their mirror. Or we see companies do executive retreats and everybody, you know, goes off to Hawaii or something and comes up with their big picture strategy. But I think most of us have had the unfortunate experience of looking up 
and it's February, it's March, maybe it's the end of the year. And you look back at that goal and you're like, oh, oops, <laughs> it was it was nice to have. But um, within just a few weeks or a few months, a lot of times we just completely lose focus or we move in a different direction or we even forget entirely what the goal might have been. So I'd like to just kind of spark our conversation today with a big question is what have you learned about that goal setting progress um, process that can help us avoid that disappointment, avoid that failure that seems to so often happen when people try to set these goals, they try to transform their lives. So let's get one thing real clear to start with. When people talk about their New Year's resolutions, they're not really resolutions per se. A resolution means resolve something. And of Mm -hmm. course, that doesn't happen a lot of the time because you set these lofty goals for yourself or you've got some personal plan worked out. But more more importantly, the way I look at it is, How do we set our intentions? Mm. And then we follow through on the intention because the resolution is not a final step. It is simply the beginning. And so the intention behind that resolution has to be addressed in order for us to fulfill the plans that we have for ourselves for each year. Now, I'm all about personal development, and I truly believe that every year you want to be a better you. And I know Mm -hmm. that every single person I speak to says every year I make a promise to be a better me. But the trouble with that is that you don't follow through on Mm -hmm. that particular aspect of things. You know, there are six things that I discovered about uh, leadership by doing martial arts. And I have a black belt in karate and I earned it at quite late in life. I was 49 years old, but there were six things in that training that came to light that really holds up for every single thing that we do in life if we are to be successful. And the first thing is commitment. So you've got to be able to make a commitment to your intentions, number one. Then you've got to be focused on whatever that intention is. And then you've also got to be disciplined in order to take the actions necessary. Now, beyond the actions, there's the follow-through. And beyond the follow-through, there is consistency. And beyond consistency, there is perseverance. So these six things of commitment, focus, discipline, follow-through, consistency, perseverance, these are all really important if we are to succeed in the goals that we set for ourselves in the year to come. Because without a clear path, and I call it your personal GPS, if you don't have a personal GPS that is directing you in the direction you want to go, and you're clear about the resources and the actions that you need in order to fulfill them, then frequently you won't meet your desires for something better. Mm. That there's, there's just so much there. And I think that's probably the first big breakthrough that many of us um, might need to discover, or maybe we've discovered it before, but that difference between just kind of an amorphous goal, you know, even uh, I will give the most cliched standard New Year's resolution, I want to lose weight, right? Mm -hmm. And that is not super helpful. Um, there's the basic level of, you know, setting smart goals. So I want to lose 40 pounds. I want to lose five pounds. Those are very different things. I want to get healthy or I want to be able to run the marathon next year or in November. And it's amazing the difference, even just in stating 
that initial goal and and having the specifics. But I'd love to get into um, that a, a little bit more about the ideas that you have there when you're talking about things like focus and discipline and follow through, you know, they're setting the right goal and and having that commitment and having that, like, I'm very clear on what I want to accomplish. But it seems like a lot of times people don't know, okay, I wake up Monday morning and what do I do in order to achieve that goal? Mm -hmm. Have you had any, um, any conversations with your clients or, or any discoveries that you've had about, really what it takes to, to take the right actions. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, there's no question that, you know, it is about, uh, you know, actions. In fact, I have a formula that I use, which is called intentions plus resources, plus actions, mm. plus priorities, frankly, equals results. Now I'm just going to repeat that again for, for the listeners, intentions plus resources, plus actions, break the actions down into priorities and that equals the results that you're going to get. Frequently where people stop is they have a big picture and they mm-hmm. have no idea about the details. None. Yep. <laughs> and that's where we fall off the wagon where, oh, that was a good idea. Let's uh, let's just hang on that one for a while. Um, because like you said, you know, if you want to lose 50 pounds, you're not going to be looking at it as 50 pounds. You're going to be looking at as what is, do I have to take every day? What actions do I need to take every day that will help me reach that goal of 50 pounds? And if that's a pound a week, that's a whole year of, of doing something that makes a difference. And that it really comes down to when I say the intentions, there's your intention. What's the resources necessary for that? Does it mean that I have to go out and buy some, some different food? Uh, or does it just mean that I have to eat more cleanly than I, I cut out all the, the heavy carbs, the breads, the pastas, the, the pizzas, you know, whatever it is. Um, you know, for me, it would be potato chips because I have a real oh. addiction to potato <laughs> chips. Um, but, you know, the, the, uh, the, the point being is that you have to be able to set a very clear path on the resources. What do you have? What do you need? Who are the people that are going to support you? Who, do, who are the people and resources that you need to bring into your life in order for that to be true at the end of the year? And that's, that's a big question right there. How do you make it come true? Mm-hmm. So again, each little action that you take is going to take you a little bit further along the path. And, and you know, I mentioned your personal GPS. What happens when you plug in an address on your GPS system? It gives you a blow-by-blow run on where you should be going, where to take the turns, how the traffic lights are coming up, uh, you know, all of these types of things. And without it, we wouldn't get where we want to go. So this is kind of what I'm talking about today. How do you build your own personal GPS to get the results that you say you want? Now, we also have to look at the fact that, you know, life gets in the way. As I like to say, it happens, you know, and <laughs> You know, we, we, we learn to, to deal with it. But if you don't get back on your plan again, if you allow the distractions and the circumstances that, that truly can derail to overwhelm you and, and lead you astray from the path that you've directed for yourself, then, of course, you, you know, again, there's a discipline piece, isn't it? That's the focus and the discipline piece right there. I get back on the, the wagon. I like to say it's one one of the reasons why I've been able to write three books 
create this online program, build a coaching practice, all the good things in my life that I've achieved, I've achieved because at certain times I had to let it go. I'll be honest with you. It took me 12 years to write my first book. Why? Mm -hmm. Because it kept taking a different direction, but (laughs) I kept coming back to it again and again and again until finally I published it 12 years later. Now, that was quite a long story. The other books didn't take anywhere near as long as that in order to publish them. But the point being is, if you have a clear set goal for yourself, if you have a clear vision of where you want to be going and you want to stick to it, then you have to know that even if you fall off, you can get right back on again. How many people join a gym in January and then end up paying for something they never attend? A lot. A lot. So, you know, I've been a martial artist. I've been a CrossFit athlete. Uh, The hardest part, as they say, is get your shoes on and get out the door. You know, once you're there, you wonder why you took so long to get there because you had a good time. And that's the other thing. Mindset. Let's talk about mindset around all of this. Do you believe that you can pull off whatever it is that you want to pull off? I'll be honest with you, I've had many years when I've set extremely high goals for myself, but I didn't really believe that I Mm -hmm. could truly create what I said I wanted to create. So I get to the end of the year and, you know, didn't quite hit the mark. You know, how many people listening to this right now can think about how many years you missed the mark? And if you managed to fulfill your intention set at the beginning of the year, then congratulations, because you're part of a small minority who is able to pull that off. And mostly because they're committed, they're focused, they're disciplined. They are doing a good follow through. They're consistent in their actions. And when they get off the, 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 the plan, they get right back on it again. So they persevere. So it's really interesting the way that we can we can line these things up. It's not rocket science. It really isn't. Absolutely. And, and just that, that first thing that you mentioned of identifying the resources that you will need. And also, I would imagine there's, there's the resources that you already have. Mm -hmm. So often, we come up with goals. And let's switch to business. Maybe your goal is you want to get a a promotion. Or maybe your goal is you want to write a book, or your goal is you want to start a podcast, or you want to start your own company, whatever it might be, you know, you want to achieve a certain number in sales. And it can be very easy when we're in this goal setting mode to start to think it's all on us. And we have to bring everything to it. And we have to you know, bootstrap everything, we're starting from zero, but you're probably not starting from absolute zero. There's probably already something you have in place that you can continue, or there's Mm -hmm. a person you know that you can lean on, that you can learn from, that can assist you. And so I would imagine that when it comes to those resources, there's really, there's the, the resources that you have and just identifying those, writing them down, capturing them is a huge win because it's really um, putting that reminder in front of your face that you're not on your own to achieve this. You you have the responsibility and you're probably the only one that cares about it as much as you do, but certainly other people can be a big help along the way. 
Yeah, there's no question. I mean, step one for me is always set your intention, you know, be clear on what it is that you want to, to achieve. Now, one of the mistakes that a lot of people make too, is they make too long a list. Mm-hmm. And I say, stick to three things. What are three things you really want to achieve in this coming year? Maybe this is it's a big thing. Maybe it's a small thing. Who knows? It doesn't have to be a big thing. It can be simply about, I want a better relationship. Because one of the things I, I talk about also in intentions is it covers multi-dimensions of your mm-hmm. life. It's not just about your business. It's about your personal life. It's about your, your health, your family, your emotional life, your self-care, your creative life, your spiritual life, whatever else there is out there. You can think about your intentions for those, but do not make it more than, no more than three. And I would say if you're going to go for the entire you know, spectrum of your life, uh, give yourself one thing for each one that you really want to achieve in the coming mm-hmm. year. Um, of course, most people don't get that specific with the different dimensions of life. But once you've set your intentions, you're absolutely right. You need to take a hard look at what existing resources or people do I have to fulfill this? Now, that's a key question right there. What existing resources or people do I have to fulfill this? And then you make a list of what that happens to be. And then the next question is, of course, who or what do I need that I don't currently have? Mm -hmm. And you start making a list of what that is. And you take those questions and you apply them to each of your intentions. And I would imagine that that immediately starts to create some actions because if you're looking at the resources you have, it's okay. I know this amazing person, Jacqueline Wales, and she's going to help me with this goal. I should reach out to her. I should schedule um, a time to talk to her. Maybe I should engage her in a coaching relationship and we should get on a recurring schedule. Um, You know, I have a I have a resource I don't have right now. We'll go back to the weight loss example or something else. Um, and I feel like I need to have a gym or I need to do whatever else one does to lose weight, um, says the couch potato. And the um, as soon as you you identify those resources, both the ones you have and need, that immediately drives some very specific actions that are going to show immediate results. And I've personally found that if I can have some very specific action steps that are small, that will show me immediate wins, that can help provide that spark of motivation to keep going. Because if you're looking at just that that final target, you're not going to see that you're there until maybe the end of the year, right? But if you if you start to have a list of actions, and for me, crossing things off a list or checking things off a checklist is one of the most satisfying feelings that there is. Um, And, and that can, that can provide that, that kind of a little bit of, of energy, a little bit of, um, you know, commitment or, or motivation to the commitment. So do you have any, any kind of best practices or any thoughts related to motivation specifically? And feel free to tell me I'm wrong if I'm wrong here. (laughs) No, no, you're absolutely right. Because we have to have a sense of being rewarded at certain, you know, at the different stages of, of doing what we're doing. Um, and so, it, you know, the common thing, as you pointed out, is weight loss for the, the beginning of the year. I mean, let's face it, we from Thanksgiving until the end of December, we're all eating and drinking far too much. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, the point being is that when you reward yourself for the small steps that you're taking, 
So rewarding yourself when you look at the, the scales at the end of the week and you go, wow, I lost two pounds. How wonderful. No, I'm not going to go out and, and drink a bottle of wine or, or eat a bag of chips. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to find another way to reward myself. Maybe it's, you know, I, I go have a massage. You know, that's that's a reward right there. But the point being is that those small incremental steps are what's going to make the difference in your life. But you have to celebrate the wins that are taking place along the way. So let's say, for instance, you're building a business and you want more clients. That's great. So what are you doing to build the business? What are you doing to bring in more clients? So did you do some prospecting today? Did you have a good conversation today? Has it led somewhere that you hadn't planned before? And you have to start looking at that and taking a step back and going, wow, yes, gratitude is a very big action, by the way. And I mm -hmm. highly recommend it to everyone that I coach. When we keep a gratitude journal, what we're doing here is we're making note of the things that have been intentional and also celebratory along the way. I'm grateful for the people who have helped me. I am grateful for the new clients that come in. I am grateful for the, the assistance that I've been given. Uh, you know, there's so many things in our daily life that we can be grateful for. And that, again, is like a reward. If you're grateful for something, you don't have time to think about what you don't have. You only have time to think about what you do have. Mm. That's that's such a wonderful point. And we'll include in the in the show notes for today's show uh, a link to an ebook I put together on being a grateful leader. Because as you said, Jacqueline, this is proven by research. It's mm -hmm. scientifically proven. It, it's amazing what it does for you emotionally and mentally. Um, and I can't help but think of a conversation I had with one of my sisters-in-law yesterday. And she's in her early 30s. She's a mother. She's a teacher. She's a wife. And she recently found out that she has a degenerative condition in her eyes. And it's likely that she'll lose her vision. Mm -hmm. And obviously, that's been emotionally just overwhelming. And one of the best practices, one of the things that she's started doing since this diagnosis is keeping a gratitude journal. And every day she writes down at least three things that she's grateful for. And when she's having um, a down moment, a down day, being able to go back and see what she's written down, she said, has just been an incredible comfort. And even if you're not sharing it with other people, even if you're not doing literally anything else with it, but writing it down and occasionally looking at it, <laughs> you're going to get that huge benefit of, uh, of gratitude and it changes the way you look at situations. So um, an incredibly powerful thing. And as you said, that that's one of the best sparks to motivation. It can't always be a reward uh, although rewards are important, but sometimes rewards, you know, cost money or rewards are, are, are difficult. You can't reward every little thing that you do, but right. just tracking what you feel grateful for and what you've accomplished is its own sense of motivation. Yeah, there's no question about it. I've been keeping a gratitude journal for years. And uh, recently I upped the ante on it and started writing out more than three a day, mm -hmm. um, but really focusing on, on the, the good things that are happening in your life. And you're right. When you look back over your journal 
and you realize over the course of a year, and this is a really interesting exercise to do, go back through your journals over the course of a year. See if you can find where you were really unhappy. Mm -hmm. I guess that you won't. You will always find that there's a lot of positivity in there. There's a lot of of sense of life is not bad because let's face it, we can look around us and especially in the world we live in today where everything's so interconnected and there's so much misery out there. Mm-hmm. You have to feel blessed in your life that, you know, you've got a roof over your head, food on the table, gas in your car, which is fundamental to all of our existence. And for some people in the world, they don't have that at this point in time. Um, and, you know, that again kind of pulls you up a little bit, you know, what are the things that have the meaning for you? I mean, let's talk about that for a moment. Meaning and purpose in life. Mm-hmm. We all want to feel like we've got some kind of purpose for being here. You know, what? what is my thing? My thing, as I said at the beginning of, of our conversation, is I'm here to change the world one person at a time. How am I doing that? I help people change their mindset and behavior so that they can actually start to feel more satisfied and fulfilled and joyful in life. And part of that is getting past the fears. Now, let's talk about fear with regards to what we're talking about this morning. The fear of not being good enough. The Mm -hmm. fear of not being able to pull off whatever it is you think you want to pull off. The fear of, of playing larger than you currently are because playing small is basically safer. It's like I can't be rejected. I can't be judged. Uh, I can't be thought of as being an inadequate. Uh, whatever the internal dialogue is that's going on, um, that is that is a piece right there. So, you know, the fear that I talk about in my books and in the work I do is about the stories we tell ourselves. And that's really down to self-belief. How, how much do you really believe in yourself in order to fulfill this particular intention, actions, and so forth, because frequently we procrastinate on taking action. Let's talk about procrastination for a moment. What is procrastination? It comes in all kinds of shapes and sizes, but it's mostly about avoidance. It's mostly about, again, not believing that you can pull it off uh, or feeling like it's overwhelming, it's too much or so forth. Well, if it's too much, then maybe you just set a goal that was too big for you at this moment. And how can you modify that? And if you want to modify it, does that make you a failure? Because that's another big one that people will say, you know, I feel like a failure. Well, what is failure? But it's a, it's a choice, an expectation or a decision that didn't go the way that I had planned. That's all it is. That's all a failure is. So when we, we look at where we don't take the actions, many times the psychological piece of that is that you don't believe you can actually pull it off. Mm. That's that's so powerful. And I'm, I'm really glad that you brought up fear. I was actually going to, going to move there in the conversation if, if you hadn't brought it up, because obviously you've written two books about fearlessness. And I think a really common idea and a common understanding of fear is the idea of fear of how much work it might take to Mm. do something. Mm. But you're bringing up a completely different kind of fear. And I think this is a more, this is an important one for us to recognize as well, which is a fear of I'm not good enough, imposter syndrome. Sometimes I would imagine, and I've heard this even from people, a fear of what 
will happen when I achieve that result? Maybe I'm not afraid I can't. I, I know I can, but then I'm going to be in a different situation. <laughs> and, you know, I'll, I'm, I'm sure I could start my own company, but then I have my own company and I'm responsible for everything. Or I'm sure I could get a promotion, but um, I, I don't know that I want that level of, of responsibility and accountability. Or even, you know, a fear of if I, if I lose all the weight that I want to and I still don't feel good about myself, then that means I'm a terrible person. And the weight wasn't my problem. And so all of these fears that we have, whether they're fears about actually achieving the goal and our ability to do so, or even the fear that if we do, it could change our lives in ways that we're, we're not comfortable with. Uh, that's huge. And as you said, that's what's going to result in procrastination or even self-sabotaging behaviors of other kinds. So um, such an important concept. And uh, I think it's something that that we're almost conditioned not to think about because there, there's that mindset of just always stay positive and just focus on, you know, goals and intentions as opposed to really taking this time to do some self-analysis and, and figure out what might be getting in your way. Well, that, that's a big piece of why I created Transformational Strategies for Success because mm -hmm. I, I wanted to create a program that would help people hold up the mirror to mm -hmm. themselves. And sometimes that's very hard. So you have to ask yourself these hard questions. You know, I mean, my program essentially is, as you said, it's all about who are you, where do you want to go? And most importantly, what is it that's getting in the way? But in order to do that, that real self-assessment, um, you've got to be honest about where you're holding back, where you allow the negative thinking to get in the way, where you get into the fear of criticism and judgment. Um, and let's face it, we're all our own worst enemy on so many <laughs> levels. Um, and so the program is really designed to help people understand how to be their own best friend um, because you become a friend to yourself. I like to say that when you learn how to love yourself, other people will love you more. And I think there's a lot of truism to that, uh, especially. But the point being here is that if you set an intention that is so far outside of your comfort zone, you're probably not going to get it mm -hmm. until you deal with your mental attitude about what that means to you. So we started talking about meaning and purpose. So, you know, talking about what is the purpose of whatever it is that you're, you're planning to do. What does that mean to you? And you have to ask yourself these questions. You know, if I want to have a successful business, why? Mm -hmm. What is that about for me? Oh, I'm going to make a lot more money. Yeah, but what more is there to say about that? Well, I can serve more people. Okay, great. And how is that going to impact you personally as you start to think about the growth that's involved in this? Because let's face it, when you're going from, you know, maybe on a smaller level of where you're sitting to something really large, that is a huge leap of faith. And it doesn't always translate the right way. So even though we can have a very clear idea of, of what the resources are, what actions you need to take to do that, if you don't have a fundamental belief that this is important to you and you can face the fear of insecurity, because let's face it, any kind of change involves getting comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if you understand that principle, anytime you make a stretch, it's going to feel damned uncomfortable and you got to be okay with that. 
Now, you mentioned something earlier about the fear of success, because the fear of failure and fear of success are like two sides of the same coin, because the fear of success is also, yes, my life will change. Duh. Yes, it will. But are you prepared for it? So when you set your intentions, ask yourself, am I prepared for this? Do I have what I need both personally in terms of my mindset, my behavior, as well as the outside resources? Because you can have outside resources all you like. But if the internal stuff isn't lined up with that, forget it. It's not going to happen. Mm, that's that's so important. And I, I really like that reminder about purpose because back to what we were talking about a, f- a few minutes ago in terms of motivation, in terms of kind of that, what, what's going to help with the commitment, help with the persistence and perseverance. It is a lot of times that callback to an overall purpose. And mm. a lot of times I think we're, we're conditioned by our culture, by society to set goals that maybe we don't actually have a deep purpose behind. Things like, I want to make more money. Why? Because society tells me I should want to make more money. Mm. I want to get a promotion. Why? Because my parents would be happy if I got a promotion, right? Right, right? And that's it's really easy to then fall short because your your heart's not really in it. And if you can identify you know, I do want to make more money so that I can donate to charity or even so that I can travel and I can experience more of the world and, and have a life that I've always aspired to, or I can show my children the world in a way that I didn't get to experience when I was young. It doesn't all have to be, you know, I'm, I'm helping the poor, although that's a wonderful thing to do. And, Mm -hmm. and, and certainly serving, um, under-resourced communities is, is beneficial, but, but even just identifying, what would be personally fulfilling to you if you achieve that goal? Um, again, just it, it, it's a level of self-analysis, a level of reflection that you don't have to sit and stare at your navel for 10 hours or anything like that, but no, just no, in fact, asking the question. Yeah. And the, the one question that I would say, here's the big picture question. What does your big picture look like when you fulfill your intentions and take the right kind of actions to get you there? Mm-hmm. Now, that's a very important question. The big picture. What does it look like when you fulfill your intentions and take the right kind of actions to get you there? And I like to say, write a narrative of what your life will mm-hmm. look like when you accomplish everything you've intended. That's such a great idea because there is something about actually um, creating a story and mm-hmm. and being able to envision what that story might be that actually changes the way we we process something. When we hear a story, we actually the, the parts of our brain that would be involved in whatever that story is light up. So if I have a story of, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be on the beach next year and I'm going to be um, sitting next to my, my spouse, my sibling, my whoever, and we're going to be talking and laughing and um, having a great conversation. I might start to kind of subconsciously almost smell the ocean, right. Or or feel that sense of relaxation. And it's an incredibly powerful thing. And it also will help to get specific because if you if you kind of start to think okay I'll get to spend more time with my family that's kind of fuzzy but you you start to write up a story and you're like oh we'll be able to take a long vacation and visit 
the extended family that we've never met in a different country or something. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and that just adds so much more color, so much more specificity. And also, I would imagine all the way back to clarifying your goals and your intentions and clarifying what actions you need to take when you are able to craft that narrative, craft that story, that might go back and inform a little bit of a difference in how you're how you're putting together your plans because maybe there are some additional steps you need to take or some some tweaks in your approach in order to get to that story. Yeah, and and the other side of writing a, a narrative is this that you have to suspend your reality. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, because you you get in your own way there. You know, well, I don't have that right now. I don't. I don't. You know, know exactly what that looks like. So I like to say, use the creative side of you. Write a story. Just write a story. What would my best life look like if I achieved this? And then just let it rip. You know, because when we stick the reality in, then yeah you probably won't get where you want to go. But if you create a beautiful picture of what life could look like if that was achieved, and you know that in order for you to have that, you're going to have to make some changes in your life. And let's face it, most people hate change. Um, You know, I'm not one of them, as you well imagine. Uh, I love change. I've spent my whole life doing change. But uh, the point being is that if we are in growth mode, being able to write out the story of who you want to be, number one, and what you want to do, number two, uh, that then becomes the reality that you wish to create. Not the one you're currently living in, but the one you wish to create. And that will help guide your intentions and make you more clear or make it more clear on what resources you have and what resources you will need in order to bring this narrative about. And then, of course, the, you know, the actions and the priorities that you need to set every week uh, and adjust where necessary in order for you to build that roadmap, that personal GPS that will take you where you want to go. And I like to say the roadmap is very simple. Take, take the right actions in the right order over the right amount of time mm-hmm. and you'll get results. Hmm. That's so beautifully simple. And, and going back to those um, six kind of principles, six um, steps of commitment, focus, discipline, follow through, consistency, and perseverance, um, those are great kind of pillars that, that surround that process and that, that we can keep coming back to. Um, and I would imagine that there might even be an exercise at some point, either in the planning process or, or as you've moved forward in implementing your plans, where you might do some some self-evaluation to think, okay, if I look at those categories, is there one that or two that I'm really good at and that I that I already have some good habits around and, and maybe a natural affinity for? And then are there others that I'm struggling with and that I need to develop new practices or habits um, in order to improve maybe consistency? Maybe you're, you're great at new ideas and you're great at getting very excited. And then you look up and you're like, oh, there were 10 things I started and I haven't really followed through on any of them. <laughs> so um, figuring out which of them you're more naturally inclined to or you're more habituated to, you have more experience with and, and 
best practices around, I would imagine can be a really helpful exercise as you're. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I, you know, when I say, look at these six things, uh, you know, ask yourself, which ones do I struggle with? And I'll guarantee you that a lot of it is consistency. And I can certainly say for my own life, consistency was not a big piece of my early life. If anything, I was inconsistent. And uh, knowing that, again, taking the right actions in the right order over the right amount of time equals results. Um, you know, and certainly in martial arts, you have to do thousands and thousands of hours of, of drills that are repetitive over and over and over again. It taught me a lot about consistency mm-hmm. in terms of if you want to win the fight, you better be consistent in how you're going to be taking those actions and be able to uh, you know, dance in the moment is what we call it in coaching. Dance in the moment with the changes that happen. So because stuff happens. And that's that's the thing I talked about at the beginning of the call was that, you know, we we stuff happens. And so you have to be able to get back on the wagon again when when the time is right. But there's so much to this whole thing. It's not just about making lists and checking lists. Mm-hmm. It's, there's a whole psychological profile necessary for you to truly understand that if you're going to set some big goals for yourself, make sure you're ready. Make sure that you are prepared to do the work necessary to make that happen. And again, I'll come back to transformational strategies. The work in this program is not easy. Because it is really about asking hard questions. And that's what you have to ask yourself, too, when you're setting your intentions. It's not just another list of things like, oh, that's a good idea. Let's go for that. No. Think about specific specificity. How does this apply to my life right now? And how much better will my life be if I achieve this? Mm. That's a big question right there. Absolutely. I love that that honing in on just that word transformation. That's a really big word. And um, that encompasses everything you've been talking about today. So I completely understand why that's that's the overall headline here, because, um, it, it, you know, a lot of the fear that we have is a fear of transformation. It's a fear of change. Transformation is change. And mm-hmm. uh, crafting a story, crafting a narrative, that's telling, that's it's describing what you will experience after that transformation and what that mm. transformation will will mean and what it will create. And um, it's, as you said, it's a, it's a big concept. It's a big thing to bite off on. And if you're ready for it, if you're, if you're willing to do it, if you're excited for it, if you're, if you're willing to put in the effort, um, it's amazing when you see what other people have accomplished, right? There's, there's unnumberable examples out there of people who have done ridiculously amazing things. And not all of them had, you know, millions of dollars at their disposal or or, or all of the other things. I want you to think of just the normal people who who went above and beyond and who who experienced the kind of success you're looking for. And it, it was through these best practices, right? It was through um, just understanding what they needed to do, what they needed to, you know, the direction they needed to go and and staying focused on priorities and actionable next steps. It's not, it's not rocket science, but mm-hmm. it is, um, it is a major commitment and it is something that you, you have to be ready for and willing to take on that, that challenge, that change, that you know, exciting, but scary transformation. Right, right, right. And and here's the thing. I like to say fear matters to your success. 
because when the fear shows up, it's a, it's a driver for growth. So definitely stretch yourself. You know, if you're thinking about what you want to be doing next year, don't do it from the, the comfort of your couch. Do it from the comfort of standing on the edge of something going, whoa, that looks really scary, but I'm willing to give it a shot anyway and see what happens. And know that, that whatever forces are operating in the universe, they got your back. You know, And here's the thing. A lot of us don't realize just how much support we have in the people and the, mm. the, the things around us. It's a lot more than you think it is. And uh, again, ask for help. That's mm. another big piece of this thing. You know, women specifically are useless at asking for help <laughs> a lot of the time. You know, especially if you're a strong woman, you figure you're supposed to get up and get on with it. I was just talking about that to a big technology company the other day there. Um, you know, and uh, all the women in the audience were sitting there nodding their heads. You know, mm -hmm. yes, if there's a job to be done, I'll do it and get out my way. But we do need to learn how to ask for help and, uh, and be willing to take the help, too. That's mm -hmm. the other side. You've got to be, be willing to receive. Um, because, again, if you're a generous human being, you tend to give a lot and you don't ask for a whole lot back. But uh, that's a piece that I think we all have to learn how to do more of. Uh, it's not a weakness. It's actually a strength. But we, we have to get that, that particular aspect handled as well. I mean, there's so much to unpack in this particular conversation, frankly, as we've already done so far, Elizabeth. But it's, um, you know, hopefully we're giving the listeners something to chew on <laughs> and, and make a difference as they go forward into pursuing their intentions over the next next year. Absolutely. Um, as you said, we've given them a lot to chew on. So rather than rather than having a whole lot more um, depth on this, I think we'll just like to um, maybe have you back later in the year and we can talk about some of maybe the challenges that people face on this journey and and how to, as you said earlier, reprioritize and maybe restate your goal um, if you're falling off track. So um, no sense in and trying to bite off too much in today's conversation. <laughs> I, think, I think there's more than enough here for people to chew on, as I said. But uh, we're happy to come back and discuss it later on when uh, we've, we've got some something to, to kind of work with. But that's great. that's great. All right. A question I always like to ask our guests, um, especially people like you who are, who are always kind of keeping an ear open and eye open, is what are the trends that you're going to be paying attention to over the rest of 2023? Well, I think there's been a whole lot of issues in the workplace around wellness mm -hmm. and burnout and, you know, retention and so forth. And a lot of it is because people in the workplace don't feel like the people they work for could care. Mm -hmm. And I think we're starting to see a lot more uh, self care, compassion creeping in. It used to be that when you mentioned soft skills, you know, personal development, self-esteem, confidence, and so forth, it would get shoved under the table. You know, mm -hmm. it was all more about productivity and all the rest of it. And I think we're seeing a lot more awareness um, in certain companies, not all of them, I will have to say, but in certain instances, we're seeing that there's a lot more humanity 
coming into the workplace mm -hmm. at this stage because they have to they have to pay attention to this it's as i've you've heard me say this before it starts with people it ends with people and if you're not taking care of people and you're not helping people to take care of themselves by giving them the tools necessary to do that and it's not just about how can you get higher productivity and how you <laughs> can get better time management and all that that stuff that frankly bores the hell out of me, but um, it, it's definitely a piece right here is how do I help people to be better versions of themselves? And mm -hmm. it starts in the workplace. Let's face it. We spend something like 90,000 hours at work in our lifetime. And most of it is for a lot of people unhappy. Mm -hmm. So when you consider the bulk of your life is spent being unhappy, you want to work for companies who care about your happiness. Mm. and who care about you making a difference because then what happens is companies will find that there's greater retention because people are more confident people are understanding that there's there's loyalty involved here that they can trust the people that they work with so i'm i'm seeing over the next years that there will be a lot more of that happening and those companies that don't you might see a lot more going under mm. because you know, people aren't going to stand for it any longer. I think that's what we're seeing a lot of at this point in time. Mm. It's like, you know, get back in the office. And a lot of people are going, oh, I, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll go work for a company that says I can work at home because I know what working at home does for me. Um, and, you know, we, we're, we're facing some different challenges now. And of course, we've got, you know, four generations in the workplace at this stage. And they're very different in their their expectations of what the jobs have to offer. And certainly for the younger generation, they expect to have more self-care in the package. Mm -hmm. And that I think is going to be a driver for going forward. Mm, absolutely. It's been exciting and I would imagine challenging for a lot of people uh, to see the changes that have been happening over the last months and years and um, to envision what's coming up. But uh, I'm glad that you pulled out the, the really positive side of all of this and the fact that this is just about who we are as people. And I think there was, for a long time, the idea that we had to turn our personal selves off at work and you had to kind of put on the work hat and then you could take it off when you went home, but you were expected to kind of leave your home life at the door. And first of all, that never actually happened. <laughs> we're, we're, we're whole people. Um, we're, yeah. we're the same person wherever we are. And second, it's, it's an unreasonable and actually not a useful expectation to make of people. It's not going to help them be happier and more productive. It's also not going to serve your company. And um, the more leaders learn how to how to support people as individuals, um, the more you are going to see those productivity gains it, instead of just focusing first on the productivity and ignoring the fact that, that you have people who maybe are burned out and struggling. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we'll hope for the best with regards to that because people deserve better. That's mm. really how I look at it. People deserve to be treated better. Um, and we'll hope that that, that comes about. You know. Absolutely. All right. A question I always like to ask our guests is, do you have any resources that you could recommend to our listeners? I know you have a lot of resources yourself, and so I'd love to hear about some of those, but also um, anybody that you might have learned from or uh, something that you found useful on the journey to where you are today. 
Well, that's that's a large order there, Elizabeth. <laughs> yeah, maybe the top <laughs> highlights. Very, very top highlights. Um, okay, so we start with my resources, which of course, you know, are, are the two books, The Fearless Factor and The Fearless Factor at Work. Um, the, the latter, The Fearless Factor at Work, really dives into helping mid-level managers specifically develop their self-awareness, their communication skills, their empathy, their trust, all those good things that's necessary in order to uh, to run your your team and your organization well um my website has a whole bunch of of videos and so forth on there that i've in conversations i've had and so forth uh and then of course transformational strategies for success if you're really invested in becoming the better version of you the honest and true version of you uh, i highly recommend that you take a look at that program and beyond that there's you know if you were visible at this moment you would see i'm sitting in a room surrounded by many many books and uh books have always been a big piece of of my my thing but relevant to what we're talking about today um there's a book i picked up recently called the 12 week year now, it was actually written back in the 1990s, I think. Um, but the, the premise of it is get more done in 12 weeks than others do in 12 months. Well, clearly, this is all about productivity. Um, but at the same time, it's got some really good insights into where we, we don't get into the productivity. And they, they spend a lot of time with that. Um, I pulled off my shelf this morning a book called Flawless Execution. And it is uh, using the techniques and systems of America's fighter pilots to perform at your peak and win the battles of the business world. You know, that might be worth taking a look at. Now, I am in a program with an author called Dory Clark. And Dory Clark is a highly respected uh, leadership coach. And she's written several books. And the last one was called The Long Game. And I want to put particular emphasis on this book because it's the subtitle is how to be a long-term thinker in a short-term world. Mm. And that's really about how do we set the, the goals for ourselves, knowing that it's not overnight. Mm-hmm. None of us are overnight successes, by the way. It, there's always a, a big piece there. Um, and I'd also give, like to give a shout out to a friend of mine who wrote a book called Leading Inclusion. And it's called Drive Change Your Employees Can See and Feel. And uh, she's African-American and she's written a really good, she's an organizational psychologist and a really good book on how we can learn how to care in the Mm. workplace. So many amazing resources and I have uh, quite a few to add to my list. So thank you for that so much, Jacqueline. All right. If listeners want to learn more about you and your work, where should they find you? So um, for today, I'd like to send the listeners to yourpersonalgps.com, yourpersonalgps.com, and they can download uh, my PDF on everything that we've spoken about today, and it will be the roadmap of how you can set your intentions, define your resources, take actions, and write your big picture of what it is that you're looking for. And then beyond that, there's my website, JacquelineWales.com. But I think those two things right there. So yourpersonalgps.com and JacquelineWales.com. That's the two resources. Wonderful. Well, thank you so, so much for speaking with me today, Jacqueline. I I came out of this conversation um, even more excited than I I arrived 
to it. And um, I have so many ideas for doing a better job of identifying my intentions and um, achieving them in the coming year. So thank you so much. You're very, very welcome. Thank you for having me. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning into today's show. You can find the notes and resources for everything we've been talking about today at criteriaforsuccess.com slash pod 366. If you enjoyed the show today, please recommend this to a friend. That is the best way to help more people discover it. And if you haven't subscribed, please do that right now. That way you get every new episode as soon as it goes live. You can subscribe for free on whatever your platform of choice is. We love feedback. You can leave us ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts or email us if you've got any direct feedback, questions, or even suggested guests we should be speaking to. You can email us at podcast at criteriaforsuccess.com. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at CFS Playbook. And don't forget to check out the blog at criteriaforsuccess.com slash insights. Let's Talk Sales is a production of Criteria for Success and is produced by Ryland Sylvester. What are you doing to enable buying today?